Welcome to Guitar Knobs, the guitars, gear, noise, and nonsense podcast, hosted today by these knobs. Jay Donovan. Aaron Cook. Me, Todd Novak, and our super-duper special guest this week, um, or this episode, rather. It doesn't matter what week you're in. Uh, we have Scott from Stringjoy. Hey, how's it going, guys? Thanks for having me. Yeah, you bet, man. Um, so we're we're all a Twitter over here because um, this is uh, it's 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 just always great to talk to other people who are sharing our interests, um, who are out there doing something um, with their passions and, and their interests that uh, I you know collide with ours and and um, I think it's extra cool because this is one of those things where digital meets the real world. Um, Go on, yeah. Well, I, I'll elaborate. <laughs> so, you know, the fact that I, from a, from a digital perspective, connected with Scott, um, which turned into a physical uh, connection. I'll leave that there because it was through the mail. I got strings. It's a, it's a metaphysical. It's a metaphysical. metaphysical. Okay. So then, then a physical thing showed up at my, at my door. And, um, and now we are reengaging in a digital but real way it's all very exciting okay i think i'm following you okay but Um, i should say this is a milestone for us because this is our first um out of the area guest knob yeah right first call so yeah calling out of the area right so thanks scott for being our first well, I, I'm very proud to be uh, your first Nashville knob. <laughs> uh, <laughs> pretty amazing. Yeah, and uh, to, to, uh, it, so you're in Nashville proper, right? Yep, yep. I'm uh, I'm sitting in my office on Music Row right now. That's so. That's cool. awesome. Yeah, yeah. It would be more awesome if it wasn't like thunderstorming and horrible outside. But but yeah, it's pretty neat. <laughs> so we're gonna get into our interview with Scott. In, in just a few, um, but as a as a guest knob, he gets to join in the in our in our pre uh, main topic <laughs> subject matter, which is what's going on in your music world to this week, guys. Oh, I'm gonna go first. Mine is incredibly boring. So, oh, awesome way to sell it. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm I'm on pins and needles. Well, well, Drop it this, on me. There's this thing I call that I have that's called a full time job. Mm-hmm. And it's been going a little bit over full time, mm-hmm. uh, quite a bit. So mm-hmm. there's not been a whole lot that I've done. However, uh, the I know something you did uh, <laughs> other than shave my beard off. Yes. Okay. So that was traumatic. And there's, there's not too many pictures up there yet of you and your beard, except for the old, image of old man, old man analog. analog. Yeah. Um, and now you're, you look like a child, the child boy. Yeah. Yeah. I just did the same thing myself. I went from like big beard to no beard at all. Uh, and it is a strange adjustment. I'm feeling for you, man. Yeah, I appreciate that. I, I tell you what, everybody, it feels like in the office this week has just, I don't know, people coming out of the woodwork being like, who are you? <laughs> I don't even know you're dead to me. <laughs> so yeah. Do you have a phantom beard sy- syndrome going on where you're like, you go to scratch it, but then it's like, wait. There's nothing. It's interesting. It's itching. It's only when I have the beard does it act like a magnet. So it's like if I have the beard, yes, I am petting it, stroking it, you know, pondering right. life. Yeah, I said stroking it. Um, but when it's gone, I have no. 
there's no like natural proclivity to just. So now you like don't yeah you don't touch. Your I don't face know what to do all. with my hands. Hmm. That's so, even more like so. out of the frying pan. Yes. This conversation. So yeah, musically, uh, I actually started writing lyrics, which is something that I haven't done in a long time. So I've been sort of piecemealing some uh, thoughts together that have sort of appeared in voice notes, written notes, net backs of napkins, you know, that, that sort of thing. So um, just with some of the newer songs that I've been attempting to write of late, I'm trying to actually finalize or get some kind of closure on those. So that's that's where I am. No real playing or anything like that. Are you going to share any of your lyrics or are you going to keep us all? I am not ready to make myself that vulnerable. Okay. Especially when we have a, a real Nashville person here. <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll share you some of my lyrics if that makes you feel a little bit better. Oh, gosh. Yeah, he, he, he typically writes um, like Norwegian deathcore, but with a with a country twang. Nice. <laughs> right? Is that, that hit it? Oh. That's not too different. I'm afraid now if I were to really try and write songs, I'd be like writing about my, my day-to-day life. So I'd be writing songs about like collecting invoices and yeah. other stupid crap. That'd be terrible. Well, that's, that's a struggle as a, gr- a grown-ass man. <laughs> is that you know life is so boring do you know like one? what do you what an ass man <laughs> um yeah it's just like where's the inspiration come from as as an adult doing adult things it's quite lame but yet the struggle is real right there it's are very inv- real there are invoices mm-hmm. everywhere you have to deal with there are there are silly bills there are pta meetings there you know yeah sick you know Groceries. I would love to hear some angry rock about soccer moms and PTA meetings. Dude, I was going to say the, the Harper Valley PTA. I mean, <laughs> that's that's awesome. Awesome. There is a song about, about exactly that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the, you know, that, that's, that's actually, I probably think about that more often than not, um, Aaron, because um, as well, Aaron, as you know, and if, if those of you who don't, um, so one of the things, one of my passion projects is uh, a Clash tribute band. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the Clash were vocal and angry uh, about stuff. Um, and I, 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 you know, I'm a, pro- I'm a product of, of that era when a lot of people were, you know, the classic punk rock stuff. Like, I grew up with that. Yeah. Um, and when you are writing music and you sort of drop into to the you know power chord stuff and and uh, then you go cool this sounds great now I'm going to write something about it and you're like uh, yeah I mean well that's the problem you really have to you 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 can't just go for the the knee jerk thing you you actually really have to um, approach it in a different way. Either you know. that or I just started, I got to start working in a different genre or something like that. Cause everything's, you know, there, the, a lot of my roots too are punk, yeah. especially uh, in the way that I write. Um, so yeah, it's like, what do you write about? Just getting upset, you know, sure. We could go political. That's always a good topic, but I don't like doing that. So it's like, you know, my kids miss the toilet when they were pooping today, you know, does, does that, does that yeah, turn into a punk not, rock song? Yeah. It could, no. I suppose, it, but it's, it's just, actually right on cue. That's, you know, yeah. 
I believe the, it was actually uh, Joe Strummer that that said something poignant um, that I was thinking about the other day. Because he, he mentioned how he wanted to grow with his audience. Um, and it, in an old, old interview, you know, they were kind of co- trying to corner him into the punk rock thing. And um, he he kind of rejected that and said, like, that punk is a mentality and it's a thing. And it's right. like, it, I, w- I want to grow. I, I, want, um, I want my music and my audience and myself to grow together um, because that's inevitable. And I was like, dang, okay, well, if he's doing it, you know, and then you start listening to a lot of Tom Petty, and like the world makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> um, Scott, yeah. do you do you uh, do you do much writing? Or like, tell us a little bit about your writing stuff. Yeah, so honestly, at this point in time, like this very current moment, I'm not really doing a lot in terms of writing songs. Um, I'll write things on guitar, but I haven't tried to put vocals to them for a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, for I guess a lot of the the, the same reasons, you know, it, it's tough to know what exactly to talk about. Um, and and I mean, I have a lot of heroes like Tom Waits. Certainly, is a good example of somebody that's grown with an audience for decades and, and found a way to do that. But I guess uh, I don't know. I, I feel like I haven't found my voice. Uh, you know, I had a voice when I was like nineteen or twenty and yeah. playing a lot. Yes, yes, and. Uh, and I'm not that anymore, but I haven't found my adult, like my grown ass man voice. Yet. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's the exact struggle that I'm having right now. Mm-hmm. And the problem is, you know, when you're young, uh, you don't have anything to write about really because you haven't been through any shit. Um, and so now I'm older and I've been through shit. Uh, and I still don't know what to write about. I thought that was going to be like the beautiful uh, little side, you know, uh, fringe benefit of all that. Uh, <laughs> but I, I'm still not sure. That's a, that's a, actually a humongous life issue. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, it, it just <laughs> I can't just leave it there because I'm just like, well, elaborate, dude. But, um, you know, just a sense of like you, you when you're young, you, you don't know what you know. Then when you do know, it, you're like, damn, I wish I would have done that. A long time ago, right. I yep. wish I would have taken the opportunities right. to, to have that voice to to be brave and to do all those things. So, or you're when, angry when you're younger, but you don't you maybe don't have why. anything to really be angry about. And then when you get older, you might have some things to be angry about, but, but then you're too tired to be angry. <laughs> <laughs> this box of Cheez-Its won't open. Yeah, um, not that that's ever happened to me. Um, so, okay, cool. Thanks for thanks for sharing that. You're Harry. welcome. J-Boy, what Moi. you got? So, no, didn't buy any gear, no gear or anything this week. But, like Aaron, I did work on a song. You sound very sensitive right now. I sound, I sound sensitive. <laughs> I'm a sensitive guy. <laughs> um, uh, do I need to lower my voice a little bit? Um, no, I wrote a song with my daughter. She actually wrote the song. And then I accompanied her. This was new. This is our, this is our we've jammed before. My daughter's eight. But she's lately taken to the piano. Remember the crappy piano I told you about yeah. in her house that I wanted to take the strings off and mm-hmm. put on a bass? Right. It's, it's a little bit flat, but the whole thing is flat, you know, by, uh, like, all the, all the keys are equally flat. So that, you can that's play That's a new it. market for you, by the way, Scott. <laughs> taking piano strings off pianos and using them on bass. That's, hey, yeah. hey, there's, there's an idea there. They're, they're not actually as different as you would think, really. Right. Yeah. See? Yeah. yeah. See, Todd, yeah. I'm yeah. wrong. <laughs> I, I, 
I, I don't know that. I think piano strings are bronze. You'd think I would know more, but I, I just, I'm terrible at piano. Um, so I've never really looked under the hood in a while, at least. Um, but yeah, so that'd be a problem. But I don't know. We'll, we'll mess around with it one day. Somebody bring me an old piano. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, get this guy a piano, would you? Get, yeah, where do we get? <laughs> they used to be everywhere. Right? You can, they we can, still we can are. Find Craigslist, it. you can't, I mean, you can't uh, scroll. I don't know how you, I was trying to put that in a physical uh, sense, scroll. but you can't scroll three posts without seeing a piano, like, for dang near free. Mm-hmm. Anyways, go on, Jay. Sorry, well, I, oh, I no, interrupted no, no. you. I digress. Uh, um, yeah, so anyway, my daughter wrote the song, and I did a little arco playing on the upright to accompany her. She, she came up with this really cool thing. She's eight. She knows a few chords. She's not taking any lessons, and she's about ready to. And uh, she just put together this pattern, and so she wanted to jam with, with me. I was like, you know, she said, will you come play? I was like, yeah. I've been waiting yes. like, my whole life for you to say, <laughs> let's, let's be in a band together. Sorry. So anyway, we, uh, I accompanied her song and it's, it kind of, the, the chords she was playing kind of has this little bit of rhapsody and blue. It's, it, now let me, let me say this. It's only like three chords, right? But the way she's going between them has this kind of rhapsody and blue, a little something about it, but it is a blues pattern. It's just a, a, a blues pattern, but, um, so I'm just putting down some some bowing to it, and uh, she oh, remembers you're, you're, you're doing bow, arco, yeah, yeah, arco style. And, okay, uh, and uh, I didn't know what arco style was. Yeah, or bowing. Well, now I call you, it now bowing. You do. <laughs> Doesn't that sound weird? Bow, bowing. I was bowing. Yeah, you play arco, base. and that's probably why they they call it that because yeah. it sounds stupid to say. <laughs> I was bowing. You were bowling. What? Yeah. No, no. So anyway, yeah, we wrote a. She are wrote gonna, a song. Are you going to do your baseline for us right now? No, I'm not gonna. I'm not Let's gonna not do that. injure That'll anyone's ears. Um, podcasting, shame on us, Scott. To you, yes. Oh yeah, it's been. It's good that you uh, rang me up today. It's been a good uh, gear day. I so my dad is a retired school teacher. Just a couple years ago, he retired. So he like is very bored and he goes garage sailing a bunch mm-hmm. um just you know for something to do and whenever he like sees something guitar related he'll text me a picture and be like should i get it uh so it's like almost always like a harmony you know like some some something crappy that's not worth it but this morning he sent me a picture of an ibanez like a cp835 the um it was the compressor that was in the ts808 series like the super rare ones that they made um, and then a an Ibanez TS10, the third gen Tube Screamer. And anyway, he was like, "Should I get these? They're like fifty bucks a piece." And I was like, "Yes, of course." Um, so he got them for eighty five together. Holy and each, moly! Each, yeah, and each of those pedals is depending on condition, and I'm not sure how nice they are yet. Uh, he's gonna send them to me, but they're anywhere between like hundred twenty five to two hundred dollar pedals. So it's a hell of a steal. Um, I wish I could just keep them, but since like he did the legwork, I feel like I need to sell them so I can split the cash with him, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but, but a pretty sweet find. I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. Where does he live? Uh, he's in Indianapolis. Uh, that's where I'm okay. from. I was, Cause I was going to say the idea of, and you know, this may be a misconception. Sorry. I just dropped the phone on the table. Um, I would think that 
Uh, for those of us who are constantly looking at used gear, which I spend way too much time doing that. Um, Fact. The, <laughs> if I was going to pick two markets that I either couldn't find anything or if I did find something would be so expensive based on the market, not based on the, on the actual piece of equipment, it would be Austin and Nashville. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the thing is, there's crazy amounts of gear here in the city. So that's great. And I mean, you can always find like, like the Craigslist is amazing. But at the same time, there aren't that many people that you can like scam out of shit. Uh, you know, like everybody knows that something's worth something. Um, yeah, yeah. Like when I was growing up in Indianapolis, I can't remember what all the pedals were, but I, I used to just hustle on Craigslist all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found this one lady that was selling like her husband's like, you know, a handful of pedals. Um, and it was like rant, like, like a crybaby and something else. But then like a green box, Russian big muff fuzz from like, I think those are late seventies or early eighties. Um, it wasn't the Sobtech. Well, it, it probably was made by Sobtech, but it like was electro harmonics on the front. I think I don't know. It's been a long time, um, but they're worth like they were worth even then like two hundred fifty bucks. Yeah, uh, I flipped that. They're still pretty so, expensive. Yeah, so I'm sure they're even more now. But um, the point is, you know, in a lot of weird markets, there there isn't as much stuff, but you can find people that don't know what they have. And in Nashville, people know what they have. Yeah. But the thing is, like, you know. Because players here in like the 50s and 60s, like there were plenty of people in Nashville playing electric guitar in the 1950s, um, which in most cities there weren't. So by extension, like in Nashville, there was a crap ton of like amazing like old strats and tellies and stuff mm-hmm. um, that, you know, sell for 30 grand, but it's cool. They're here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Probably a lot of pedal steals as well. I'm sure there are. Yeah, I have not found the like pedal steel depot yet. But <laughs> the thing is, at the same time, um, I do have one friend named Luke Schneider who's like a, a pedal steel guy who's a little bit younger here compared to some of them. Um, and I just know through him, there's only a handful of dudes. You know, there's like seven to ten dudes that like do all the pedal steel for everything. So uh, it's not as many as you'd think. And each of those guys gets a, a ton of work. But. Yeah, that's because that stuff's really hard to do. Well. It is, it is. And, and you know, I, I know, like, there are people that, you know, have gotten a lot of great auditions. I know with him, it's like he's next up in line. You know, once somebody uh, kicks the bucket or retires, <laughs> he'll, he'll get amazing gigs, you so, know, with Garth Brooks or whatever. Heir, heir to the throne. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, well, that, that's interesting. Um, it, the, you know, the, the pedal you mentioned earlier, I think our Minister of Information has some of that information. Totally. Yeah. Oh, the Ibanez. Yeah. So he's he spotted one on Reverb. Which one? That's the. This is the CP eight thirty five. Is that the one? Yeah. You were, the one you were talking. The red one. It's like red compressor yep. two. Yeah. That's the one. It looks. It does look. The button on it. Yeah, two hundred dollars. Let's see. Yeah, two hundred plus shipping. Yeah, free shipping. Oh, free shipping. Yeah. Still. Hey. Two hundred dollars <laughs> yeah. for a what is it? Twenty five. 25, maybe 30-year-old pedal? It's, I think they were made in 81. Yeah. So, Jeez. yeah, we're like 35 years old. Yeah. Um, not a bad deal. And at the same time, I mean, the one that I, I'm getting mailed to me cost $42.50. What a killer flag. So, yeah, not yeah. a bad deal. And those TS-10s, too, I mean, 
those aren't like the most highly lauded of tube screamers. I know that's the point that Ibanez was just like throwing whatever chips in there they wanted to, but they still sell for a pretty good amount. So I don't know. It's yeah. pretty good fine. Well, 10 points for the appropriate use of lauded too. That's, that's <laughs> impressive. <laughs> ah, am I the points leader now? <laughs> definitely. Um, in the lead, definitely. Uh, so let's see. In my world, um, I... Um, I typically when I'm writing or, you know, playing stuff, uh, uh, I will go from a guitar standpoint because that's what I play primarily. Um, and I decided, uh, this week I was like, you know, what? I'm going to write from a bass standpoint. And then when I started doing that, I kind of immediately fell into like, I bass licks and feels that I, that I've done for a long time. So I'm like, okay, this is a perfect opportunity for me to not do that, to do something productive, to grow a little bit and to learn a little bit. So, um, I, uh, plugged into Scott's bass lessons, uh, com. Um, he's also got a great, um, YouTube channel. Um, and his, his method, his approach, um, and just the way he communicates is just outstanding. Um, is that I, the dude that wears the glove? The British, yeah. British yeah. dude. Yeah, he, he is great. Yeah. And, and interesting thing about the glove for those for I'm so uh, Scott. I'm not sure if you um, if you're aware of Scott's bass lessons. I um, don't know the guy, but I've seen dudes play with the glove. Yeah, uh, it totally like you have no no finger noise at all. Uh, it, it looks weird to me, but anyway. yeah, it is and. The funny thing is, it's uh, it's from a medical condition, and huh. uh, he uh, he had a he had a post recently where he said, "All right, I'm going to dispel all the myths about my glove." And as he was telling me this, Michael Jackson, I was like, it's holy not- crap! <laughs> because his it, it's really weird. It's like an electricity thing in his hand. So if he takes if he doesn't have the glove on, um, and he holds his hand out, his like his fingers randomly individual ones will twitch at like lightning speed. Okay. If he puts his hand, if he takes his other hand and puts it close, it stops twitching. Whoa. So it's like a, it's a weird nerve electricity thing. So when he puts the glove on, there's no issue at all. Now here's the crazy thing. Um, I mean, it's not, that is, that is the crazy thing. (laughs) My thing's not so much the crazy thing, but a while ago, I was experiencing very similar symptoms. My fingers would, uh, not, not vertically, (laughs) horizontally, they would just like, just vibrate just really, really fast. Not all of them at one time. It's like one finger. Kind of like, you know, when you get a twitch in your eye and you're like, what the hell's wrong with my eyeball? Why is it twitching so much? But it was more than a twitch. It was like, I couldn't possibly move my finger that fast if I tried. And then it happened in another finger. And I thought, I was like, oh man, I've got like awful carpal tunnel or, you know, all the typical things you kind of hear. So when I heard this, I was like, that sounds exactly what I was dealing with. I don't, I'm not having it right now. He suffers pretty badly from it. Um, Anyways, I that's thought you were glove. just drinking too much coffee or something. <laughs> no, it was, but it was keeping me up and I'd be mean, like, I, I'd jam my hand under the pillow and like, you know, it'd be like, and I was like, ah, <laughs> like phantom hand. 
Um, anyways, uh, his, his methodology, I, I, I just really appreciate how he approaches music and the teaching of music. Um, and I actually, I wrote him a note because I was like, Hey, uh, do you know anybody that actually approaches guitar this way? Please, please tell me that there's somebody out there. Cause I, I haven't seen anybody match him in, in the way that he does any, and, and there are, they're free bass lessons and they're, they're easily worth money. Oh yeah. 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 And you can, you can go down that route. Um, and you get all the bells and whistles that come with that. And I'm sure it's fantastic. I'm not a bass player at a core, so I'm not going to do that. I appreciate what he's doing for me. Um, <laughs> anyway, so that's Scott's bass lessons. Him. Um, and give it, it's, it's a great way to get into the bass. Like even if you just kind of want to do it at arm's distance, you learn enough in each one to just get a little bite. Um, anyways, so that's, that's what I was doing. Um, so it's, kind of gearish because there's computer there's computer and there's other gear and, involved, oh yeah, and a bass. like a bass a bass yes guitar mm-hmm. um okay so let us get into what we came here to do today um we're we're just gonna you're gonna edit this out real quick when it comes to this uh, Aaron, because I'm just setting up my um, my uh, phone. I'm trying no, to I'm not editing it once. You got to <laughs> edit it. Okay. So. Um, I, I should tell you while you're screwing around. Uh, <clears throat> I'm looking at shreddies.com, which is a, a glove for guitarists, but there's no fingers on it. And it's just this really like creepy stock photos of this very young girl wearing these like shred gloves. It's really weird. Uh, that is weird. I don't, I don't recommend going there, but it's there for you. <laughs> if We're you going want. there. It's S H R E D I E S dot com. Uh, and yeah, as we all know, if you want somebody to go somewhere on the internet, just tell them, don't go here. <laughs> oh yeah. That's what we just did. Gear for there the they are. Musician. But, like, there's these little pictures in the bottom left hand corner. And if you click through, like some of them are, it's just ones. It's just very creepy to me. She looks, it's very sultry. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, she's and she's playing a Parker Fly. It looks like, which is even worse. I know. <laughs> <laughs> that that should be a that should be a, a a topic of conversation. What the Parker Fly? Just um, <laughs> j- if yeah. You, just you get, on this website? Yeah, we're on the website right yeah, now. Yeah, that dude. You should, you should click the owner's manual link on the left. I put them on. <laughs> Oh my on. god. Wait. Put them on. <laughs> is that that's that's, that's, it. that's the owner's manual. Well, here's yep. the, is the owner the guy with the microphone thing? Shreddy story. Yeah, that's gotta Shreddy. be Mr. Shreddy right there. Yeah, he he looks like a toolbox, doesn't he? Jeez. Yep. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Well, anyways. Okay. Alright, so Today, on this episode of Guitar Knobs Podcast, we welcome Scott from Stringjoy. Uh, anybody not familiar with Stringjoy, um, it, it, he, well, Scott's going to tell you all about it right now, but we're really pleased to have him. Um, I just bought some strings uh, from him recently, and um, uh, it's been a really great experience. So, I'm going to hand it over to Scott. Totally. Well, thanks for the thanks for the kind words, Todd. I'm glad you're you're digging the strings we sent you over. 
Um, so to anybody who doesn't know uh, what or who we are, uh, we're a small sort of boutique, if, if you like that word, uh, string company here in Nashville, Tennessee. And what we specialize in, though we do all sorts of different things in the string world, uh, are custom guitar string sets. So uh, when you go to our site, which is stringjoy.com, you can go through any of our sets and you can tweak and choose every single gauge of every string in the set. We go from 7s on the light side up to 90s on the heavy side just for electric guitar. Um, so we offer a tremendous amount of flexibility and probably our favorite thing is we really work with players to try and find the perfect set of strings for their particular playing style and their gear setup. Um, so yeah, th that's kind of where we're coming from, trying to add a different element there and a level of customization and service that uh, I know a lot of people haven't experienced from other string companies before. So, so that's our big thing as well as just making sure that we're making the best quality strings uh, that we can in the first place, which I think they, they hold their own even if you just play a standard set. But that, that's a little bit about us. That sounds like you've done that before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, uh, Nam is pretty good practice. I, I can only imagine. Oh, Oh, um, yeah. so yeah, that, that was actually a really great overview. Um, I think the only thing that, um, it, for me, the big interest point was that you can, you can customize your own, your, your gauges. So it isn't that you're just getting a different manufacturer. It isn't that you're getting, you know, a, a hand wound from Nashville or anything. It's like you can make, if you want six E strings, you can get that. I don't know why you'd do that. <laughs> hey, I'm going to try that now. <laughs> Good idea. We, we have people, man. I have seen everything, uh, everything under the sun from like, you know, yeah, like tunings that'll be like a low E with five high E's. Uh, that's not wow. very common. It wow. exists. Uh, yeah, you can teach anyone to play the guitar when that's your, uh, your setup. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a monkey could do, could do that. <laughs> Golly. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I mean, it, it definitely has a lot of applications for um, anybody doing any sort of alternate tuning. Uh, a great example are people that, that drop tune on the sixth string quite a bit. Mm -hmm. um, set, regular guitar string sets, like not even um, if you're tuning down, just playing in standard, uh, almost all of them have way less tension on the sixth string compared to the fourth and fifth strings. It's a big problem in all sets that nobody's really fixed, uh, except for us. So, whoo! But, uh, nice. but, uh, but yeah, so it's already a problem. You see about two or three pounds less tension on the sixth string compared to the other strings. Um, but once you drop tune, it gets horrible. Uh, so if you ever play in drop D and you like feel, you, you can bend your six string basically around the back neck of the guitar. Um, Easily. We, we, we fix that. Yeah, exactly. And even, even if you're just playing in E, if you really try and pay attention, your six string is way, way more flexible than a lot of your others, which causes a lot of buzzing if you're doing heavy blues riffing. Um, and a lot of pro guitarists have fixed that. Like Stevie Ray Vaughan played with a way heavier six string. Um, so we, we try to bring that level of customization to mm. to everybody. So it's not just Stevie Ray or Jimi Hendrix or Billy Gibbons that can customize their string sets. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, that was a unique experience. Uh, uh, and I, you know, I, I know that we talked about this in a, in a previous episode, but just for context, I'll, I'll touch on the experience that I had, So, which led to Scott being uh, with us tonight. Um, uh, so uh, probably like many of you out there, uh, I have seen the barrage of, um, I might've just beat you on points. There. No, I'm not sure. No, lauded Wait. still wins. Lauded wins. Cornucopia. Um, Cornucopia. Uh, uh, I was going to say plethora. Ple uh, plethora. 
Um, oh, thank you. You're a Three Amigos fan. Thanks. So, you know, I, I, you have been killing it on Instagram specifically. Um, and kind of like the pianos we mentioned, if I'm scrolling through my feed, every, you know, every fourth or fifth uh, post is um, a string joy uh, uh, post from somebody who's, who's received uh, the packages that you sent them in the mail. And for, that's how I learned about your product. Um, and, uh, you know, so I, I said, I'm like, I'm going to give this a shot. This would be great content. I'd like to share this with the listeners. Um, so I, I crafted my own set and I wanted a wound G just to see what that would be like. Um, I was playing, I play, you know, as I mentioned before, I'm playing Joe Strummer stuff in one of the bands that I'm in. And that is, that requires all six strings or none basically. And I'm playing pretty furiously. And I was like, I, I wonder if a wound G would give me a little bit more mm. power there. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, when I got the package, uh, you got the handwritten, the famous handwritten note from Scott, which is, that's cool, man. That's like a, that's like a hallmark thing now. Oh um, yeah. Yeah. We, we couldn't stop doing that if we tried at first it was just cause I was doing it all myself and I was like, I really yeah. care. I want people to know that. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I was like, we certainly won't be able to do this forever, but I'll do it while I can. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, we're, we'll do it forever. We have to. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's a great touch and that, that's, it doesn't take much for people to say, all right, you got me, I'm in, mm-hmm. you know? And that's yeah, one mean, of those things that does that. Especially in this world, you know, where yeah. there's so many big companies that, you know, not to hate on them, there are people making great products for sure, but, um, you know, they're, they're kind of too big to care mm-hmm. uh, in a certain way. And so it's nice and easy to be able to come in and be like, hey, you know, we're, we're here for you and we want to show that any way that we can. Yeah. Um, and, and that makes a big difference, whether it's just, you know, writing a note, you know, just saying like, thanks for, you know, your business. Uh, or if somebody breaks a string, you know, we'll, we'll almost always uh, send them a new string uh, just because, you know, we, we don't have to, but yeah. uh, just to be nice. And, and those things do make a big difference to people. You know, it's, I certainly, as a consumer, would always rather support a smaller company that like gives a damn about me than somebody that's you know they're doing a hundred million dollars a year anyway, and they could care less if I was left or not. You know. Yeah. Well, let let's touch on that really quick. As far as the company, so like obviously in our um, in our world, uh, the music world, uh, there are loads of those small companies, the boutique companies. So obviously there's tons of luthiers that are making, you know, three to 10 guitars a year, maybe, you know, and and up from there, obviously. Um, There are, I mean, the inundation of boutique pedals is mind numbing right now. It's, it's, it's really kind of overload. I'm, uh, and, but, Nevertheless, most of those guys are like, hey, one or two guys, they're doing it in their apartment and they're taking pictures of it and they're sharing with us and everything. And that's cool too. I think the fact that you were able to, you know, whether you it was uh, by design or not, you found um, a niche in the midst of, you know, like what are the three things, you know, three or four things that basically every... Uh, electric gu- guitar player needs 
strings, a guitar, an amp, and usually pedals. And uh, you've, you, nobody's really tackled the string thing, at least to the degree that you have. Um, and the other interesting thing about that is that it's, it's such an easy entry point. I don't have to drop $200 on a boutique pedal, you know, that a boutique delay pedal that's, you know, one of 10,000 out there. I mm-hmm. get a thing, something that my hands are touching constantly and that I is a visceral experience. So why don't, if, if you can, um, I'm sure you can, <laughs> you probably know the story, but why don't you share with us, uh, like, how did you get here? Like what, what brought you to decide I'm going to create a string company in the, in the sea of strings, like on the wall, you go to the guitar shop and you're like, yeah, I should fit in there. That's a, that's a crazy thing. <laughs> yeah, it is. And, and in truth, if I, you know, if, if I t- teleported back in time, uh, to tell my, my younger self, um, what that sort of ride would be like, you know, it's possible it would look a little bit different. Um, but at the same time, it's been a great fun ride. I mean, for me, uh, I've been playing guitar since I was, I don't know how much you want me to go through all that, but since I was a kid, um, and I've kind of always been, you know, a, a tone hound. Um, so like I've always, every guitar I have is modded somehow. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my amps, I started twitch- playing with tubes a lot and got really into pedals like everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and at a certain point, you know, it was like, why am I doing something cool with everything that I have except my strings? You know, I'm just mm-hmm. playing. Uh, I used to play, <clears throat> I did a lot of Ernie Balls, and I played Daddario probably for the longest. Um, and so I got into, like, mixing gauges of sets to try to get things right. Um, and, you know, for me, basically I wanted something between a light set, like 10 to 46 and a, a light top skinny or sorry, skinny top, heavy bottom set, mm-hmm. like 10 to 52. So mm-hmm. I started mixing things. I, I was taking like the plain strings off of a light set and then like the 28, 38, 40 from medium set to get something kind of in between. Um, and I got really into wound thirds and was playing all around. Uh, and you know, Later on, I worked in the music industry for a while and decided I wanted out of that. And when I was trying to decide what to do, um, I was like, well, hey, you know, here's something that, that nobody's really doing, you know, and got really into, you know, how can we make guitar strings better in the first place and how can we offer uh, a different experience for people that, that lets them customize things, lets them really, um, you know, see what they take for granted when they're just using using regular strings. So. Uh, I got into it that way, uh, I guess, and it, it is interesting, like you said. I mean, there are millions of, of pedal makers, it seems like at this point, and not so many people messing around on the string side, and so that's certainly nice. But at the same time, I will say, um, you know, if you sell one pedal to somebody, you you might make a hundred bucks off it. And when you sell one set of strings to somebody, you're making a couple bucks. So it's uh, it's a little bit harder from a business perspective. You know, you really gotta. Um, it's a numbers game. You've got to find a lot of people, but isn't that sort of the Whopper mentality? I mean, well, okay. So let me clarify. <laughs> That's something that we use in like advertising and stuff like that. Um, not that we are, I don't know. I haven't really, we haven't talked very much about that. I'm going to let that, leave that be. But anyways, Whopper mentality, you know, make a million of them. You're going to make a lot more than if you, if you sold them, uh, for, uh, for really expensive and sold less. So 
you're selling 10,000 set of strings a year. I'm making that number up. I have no idea. We have no affiliation with Scott, Scott <laughs> and Stringjoy. Um, as opposed to maybe, uh, you know, uh, one, one of the guitar boutique, uh, uh, pedal boutique, boutique pedals. <laughs> boutique, boutique pedals uh, who maybe sell, you know, a handful of them. You know, granted, they're several hundred dollars, but I mean, are you, are you seeing your... Are you seeing that return now? or? Yeah, yeah, and, and you're absolutely right. I mean, it's definitely a numbers game there. The thing for us is we're, we're kind of in the middle of that game um, because the, the people really doing the Whopper thing are the, you know, the Ernie Balls of the world who are just you know, slapping together a bunch of sets. It's all entirely automated, mm-hmm. sending them out all over the world and having people sell them for you know, a couple bucks yeah. uh, without a human being involved. So we're kind of in the middle there, you know, because we, we do still, you know, when you order a set from us, we put it together right then mm-hmm. um, and inspect every string right before we send it out. So when you get them from us, they're about as fresh as we can possibly get them. So we definitely have more of uh, a boutique handle on it in that sense. There's a lot more human involvement. So um, from a business perspective, um, I will say it's, it's interesting to kind of walk that middle line, mm-hmm. you know, and we're not, we're not Burger King by any means. But we're also not, you know, the other guys who can sell, you know, a hundred of something over the course of a year and make tons of money. Yeah. Um, it's kind of right in the middle. <laughs> so. Nice. Um, so I, were there anything, is there anything that like, as you're, uh, you've obviously got electric, you've got bass strings, you've got acoustic strings in those designs of strings. I'm just, I'm just kind of curious because I feel like each of the, the the big players kind of has their own like signature element or to a degree. Mm-hmm. Um, did you consider uh, anything? Are you considering anything that uh, makes it a little, I guess, ownable to you once they're out of the package? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, certainly our strings stand on their own in that way, but it's not it's not exactly a gimmick. Uh, either. So, I mean, it depends on what alloys everyone's using in strings, and, and everyone uses different ones. Our, we do use a hex core for our electric, and we use a round core for our bass, um, which for different reasons, basically. But, yeah, I mean, we think our strings sound different and better than any other strings out there when you do get them strung up on the guitar. And that has to do with the alloy we're using, it has to do with how fresh they are, and it has a lot to do with the quality control um, that we are looking into um, every single string when we put it into the package. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, we'll, we'll get into, right now we're using the same nickel alloy um, for all of our electric strings. We, we kind of wanted the one that we thought hit right down the center and was just right for the vast majority of guitarists in terms of the alloy itself. But we'll eventually be getting into doing like a stainless steel and getting into flat wounds and all that sort of thing as well. Right. Um, so uh, the, you, obviously they're made in USA and they're made, they're made locally, right? So yeah, we have a couple of winders that we work with to make our strings, um, in particular, and then those come to Nashville and we pack them up here and then send them out elsewhere. Um, so yeah, they're all made in the USA. It's all, uh, made in the USA materials. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's, um, Sorry, I've got one of my guys from my shop chatting at me real quick. I apologize. Oh, no sweat. 
Take All care right, of business. Okay. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. I, I try to like run off to my office and just you know uh, hang out and talk with people about guitar all the time, and then occasionally um, I have to actually run a business. But uh, <laughs> I, I guess to, to summarize what I was saying, because uh, I tend to ramble a little bit, if you guys haven't been able to tell, um, the big difference on the strings is mainly freshness above all else. Like they're they're coming to you almost. They're they're hardly ever more than a week or two from the winders when they come to you in the package um, and quality control. We have humans involved at every single step to make sure that the strings that go out to you are only the best possible strings they can be. It doesn't mean that they don't, you know, we don't get occasions where a string will break when it gets strung up, but they're like super, super rare for us. Uh -huh. You know, like they're rare enough that I can afford to, to replace that string every time it happens. I mean, it's less than like one out of every thousand sets. Wow. Um, so we're, we're trying to make the, everything that we do on that front uh, be designed around making sure the strings are the best possible strings they can be. That's awesome. Scott, hey, Scott, I was looking yeah, through your site, and uh, it says that you donate 5% of your net profits to support music education. Can you yeah, that we do. Tell us about that. Like, how did you get that idea? You know, why? Well, I mean, obviously, it's a good thing to do, but why did that come to you to do that, and, and how's that totally. going? I've always been really into uh, social entrepreneurship uh, in a certain way. And so it was important to me kind of when I started that there be some sort of element of us, you know, doing good and not just being trying to make money um, all around. So I, I implemented that right from the beginning. And, and I, that was by design because I knew if I tried to do it later on, it'd be a lot harder once there was more money floating around. But it was really easy to be like, all right, if I sell a $10 set of strings, then I'm going to give you know, this much uh, away. So I, I kind of tried to marry myself to that right from the beginning. Um, but yeah, we last year we chose W.O. Smith here in Nashville, which is um, a school that teaches music to underprivileged kids um, to support. And so I'm not sure who we're going to choose yet for this year. Um, I'll look into it a little bit more closer to the end of the year. Um, but yeah, it's really cool to be able to find a way to, to help people as well. You know, obviously you want the product to be great and deliver a lot of value to people and the service to be great, but it's also good to know that when the money comes in, um, there's some element that it's helping people as well. That's awesome. Yeah. That's good. What do you guys ever donate, um, strings to, or do you just keep it to like a, a set sum of money that they can use for anything that they need? We try to do money just just because it's a little bit easier. Like, for instance, W.O. Smith, they do a number of different lessons for different people, so we didn't want it to be, like, just the guitar kids that got the love. Um, mm -hmm. But in the got future, it. we definitely look at, at donating strings as well. Uh, I, we haven't done it yet, but I have nothing against it at all. I like the fact that you pointed out um, – I, I actually perked – I sat up in my chair when you said this um, – that um, you – your switch, you, you switch up who you're donating to. Um, that's a, I, that's a really cool idea. And I, I think when most people think about charity, it's just like pick one and everything yeah, goes to it. And forever there. Right, works yeah. Out. But yeah, yeah. It's more fun that way. I mean, we also yeah. supported uh, new city kids in, in New Jersey, um, last year for a couple months as well. And they were really cool. It's just more fun to be able to help out different people in different areas. I'd really like to get into something that could help internationally, um, but I haven't dug in there yet to see who would be a really awesome person to work with on that front. 
Um, uh, the first year I wanted to do a lot to help Nashville, of course, and that's always great, but it'd be cool to be able to have, you know, a truly global impact as well. So into the future, hopefully, you know, and as we get bigger and bigger, that amount that we'll be able to help out will continue to increase. So that, that, I'm looking forward a lot to that. That'll just be fun. Yeah. I, I mean, you might, I, there's a, there's a great, uh, charity out there called mag M A G G. Mm-hmm. Um, that you might want to consider. It's it's uh, middle aged guitar guys. <laughs> that would. <laughs> I, I I belong to that. <laughs> what um, are you talking I'm just about? Crap up! Oh, I, I'm God. actually looking it up. I'm like sitting here. I'm like, really? It's, 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 it's right middle? under the Human Fund. What? Um, what? That's oh, a Seinfeld thing. Oh, come on! Sorry, the human. That's anyway. Okay, so okay, Scott. I think Aaron's. <laughs> he's he's waving at me. He's got a question for you. I and I'm a. I'm kind of afraid to ask this because oh, I don't good. know how much or what kind of information you can disclose. But who's who's like the most notable uh, person to have ordered from you? Are you allowed to disclose that? Oh goodness! Um, I don't usually get into that just because we're not big. Like, like I, ha- I can tell you, I haven't had an order from David Gilmore yet. I'm waiting. <laughs> Tom Novak is here. Um, we've had the only reason I, I won't say is like we've had a bunch of guys that are doing pretty, you know, pretty well. Like, um, but at the same time, we don't yet have like a huge like Jimmy Page guy or something like right. that yet. So it's like I've got a bunch of guys that are all kind of on the same level. Um, and I don't want to like rattle off 70 names. Yeah. Uh, that's what, that's why I was way kind to of a, anger. The guest. I, no, 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 no. That's why I said, I'm kind of afraid to ask, but I mean, it's just like this yeah, curiosity off, in the back man. of my head. It's like, Oh <laughs> yeah. No, that's a, that's no, kind totally. of, that's a good I mean, question. I should say a little bit of that's by design too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, up, up until we came about the way definitely in guitar strings and probably in most of the guitar world in general, the way that people think marketing works is you get Zach Wilde or somebody huge to use, you know, you pay that guy money or whatever. Mm-hmm. And not to say Zach in particular, I was just saying him as a really famous guitarist. Mm-hmm. But you pay somebody a bunch of money to use your strings, and then you plaster ads yeah. in all the magazines that, hey, this guy uses their, you know, our strings. You should too. And that's the way that like all the marketing has been in the guitar world since the dawn of time. <laughs> uh, and I, I find it tremendously boring because yeah. like who cares? You know, just because Slash uses these strings doesn't mean you should. You know, like you don't want to be exactly like Slash. Slash is awesome. But, like, you want to be your own thing. Yeah. And that's the way that it always works. So I tried to, like, specifically not go that route uh, and to just go after actual people. And so that's why a lot of our marketing, like, if you look on Instagram, we share pictures of all of our um, different players that will post pictures of our strings with their guitars. Yeah. Um, because, you know, we want it to be like, hey, Joe in California uh, really likes these strings. And Joe matters. Uh, even though yeah. he's not Joe Satriani. Uh, Joe is still important, you know, so uh, I kind of intentionally tried to do it that way instead of just making it all about celebrity worship or whatever, you know, because we're, we're all guitarists and we're all cool. And, you know, I, I'm much more likely to pick up a pedal because, you know, one of my buddies was telling me how awesome it was when they tried it out uh, mm-hmm. more than I am because exactly. I said it was cool. Cause yeah, I had I think that's one of the more intriguing things about the brand you've created. I mean, it's like this and Todd alluded to this earlier, but the the use of social media is is sort of fantastic because I mean, this is 
this is real. You know, these are real people. He's, he's these, got 74,000 yeah, real crap load real of followers on Instagram. Yeah. So, I mean, it, you know, hats off to that. I mean, it, it, well, it's, thank, it's, thank you very much. It's good marketing. I'm glad that you brought that point up about the, um, you know, I guess you could call it the everyman route because I, I think that is a distinguished thing. Had you gone about it the normal way, chances are we might've never heard about it and or paid attention to it or cared quite honestly. Right. right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. It's authentic to just, I like how you said that. Like, don't try to sound like so-and-so sound like yourself. That's, yep. that's a cool. And, and, uh, and that's attitude. really our whole thing, you know, is, is like you should do, you know, we'll work with you to find something that works for you. Um, on the string front, you know, you shouldn't just have to settle for what somebody else thinks you should be playing. Right. Uh, that's, that's the point, you know, we're all individual musicians and we want to do anything we can to be, to be different. Well, there's a, there's a slightly, uh, there's something else that I'm picking up on this, which is, you know, um, I've, I, I'm deeply into social media and, you know, whenever I'm doing anything with a brand or something, I'm posting something, you know, I will, I will tag it. I will at mention it. I will, you know, hashtag it, all that stuff. And, um, uh, it's, it almost is a mark of your musicianship to a degree rather than championing guitars or, or, or music. It's a, it's, it's a weird thing. I'm, if you look at your Instagram feed, this is good. It's like one of the, like it, it's probably one of the greatest collections of rad guitars. Yeah, not, <laughs> not sweet ones. In not here. rad guitars that people go like, "Wow, that's so awesome and unattainable and perfect and pristine." And, and but it's like, hey, this is my guitar. Mm-hmm. It's 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 almost like hot rod, you know, culture. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it's a it's your your product lines up with that mentality more so than you know big brand a b or c mm-hmm. so well yeah we certainly try to and, and thank you I, I should say you know i can't take all the credit here i mean we um we definitely asked people in the beginning to like share you know if they'd like to to share pictures of um their guitar with our strings but um i don't know it, it just kind of it was a little bit organic the way it started happening you know i, I, that's I can't good say, that's I that's even better yeah, it's just people started doing it, and then we saw it. So I was like, "Well, I have to share these because these are awesome." Uh, yeah. <laughs> and well, then once people saw, I think us sharing other people, they were like, "Oh, well, I want you know, I want them to share a picture of my guitar." Um, and so you know, it, it just became this cool culture of uh, you know, kind of celebrating your own guitar and, and celebrating and the uh, note. string day and then the note too. Yeah, and, and that really, I don't know that. I, I'm going to sound like all bashful here, but that really wasn't intended to be like even a public thing. Uh, the note part, um, you know, it's just, we try to make it just to people, but, uh, but it became it, you know, everyone started sharing it. So, I mean, there, I guess there is a viral element there if you can call it that. Um, oh, it absolutely is. Well, it's, it, it's exper- experiential. It's part of the, the, the whole experience, you know, it's, and that's why I also think it's great definition of experience. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Captain Obvious over here. I, that's I'm now Captain Obvious since I shaved the beard off. Captain Obvious. Yeah. <laughs> Captain, Obvious. Uh, Captain Obvious is trademarked. Oh, okay. By whom? Anyways, Hotels.com, dude. Is it? Yeah. Oh. But now I've lost my train Sorry. of thought. Um, 
experientialness. Yeah, I, you know, and it's, it, I, I think the modern consumer, this is sounding way marketing heavy, but like the modern <laughs> consumer craves experiences. And that that handwritten note is such a huge aspect of that. Yeah. I think it's great. And even when Todd was telling his original story or his story about his experience, it's like, that's really cool. Yeah. that we I use that as an intro on uh, what what's new in our world. Uh, yeah. Like episode three or four, something like that. <sighs> Maybe five or six. Well, you, sure. you even mentioned it in a couple. Yeah, it made an impact episode. because, you know, yeah. you don't have those too often in any with any brand on any platform, any kind of product. Right. It just isn't really there. Um, I mean, it cut, just from a sheer, you know, sheerly from a, uh, you know, tactically speaking, now we're getting marketing. Yeah. A, Senior it, sensitive. It, isn't it funny that that something like a, a handwritten note, something old school would cut through? Would would break through to you, whereas it used to be. I think it used to be the opposite when digital communication was first starting. You know, it was novel to get like an email about something. You're like, wow, you know, you didn't want all of the, the the hard copies of mail everywhere, but a letter, like an old school handwritten mm-hmm. thing. I reviewed something a piece for another blog once, and I w- I hadn't reviewed it. it. I'd been sitting on it a long Can we time. Can say what you do on the side? Yeah, if you want. Yeah. Say it. Well, I, I review software and stuff, too, for TechCrunch. It's my other job. And uh, this guy had sent me a... It was a guitar cable, actually. It was a... Um, uh, that you would plug in, and he had his own app. And it was, it was a while ago, and it, it was basically a... Whatever, the 30-pin on one end and the, the quarter-inch on the other end. And you'd plug it in, and he had his own app. And he, this guy just built it himself, and he sent me a postcard... Like, hey, Jay, you know, it'd been like three or four months since he sent it, and I hadn't, I told, like, I forgot about it. It just slipped through, but he sent me a, a postcard, and suddenly I remembered the whole thing, and I was like, oh my gosh. The, and I thought about it, the effort it took of him to write out this, write it out. There was effort there, and it cut through to me, and I was like, yeah, that made a difference. Yeah. That, that's real, right? That's, that's for real. Yeah. That's, so I really appreciate, street, dude. I appreciate seeing all these letters here when I'm looking through the Instagram that it really makes yeah, a connection. You, you really with have created a phenomenon. I mean, that that's that's for certain. Well, uh, and it's funny. I will say, and I, I'm not. I, I mean this only not in a negative way at all. But um, I, I'm not. I didn't invent the handwritten note by any means. But uh, <laughs> but, but it's it a couple thousand like years. I, oh yeah, uh, but it felt like when I was like first doing it that like I'm not even sure where I got the idea from. But I, I don't think there was anybody in the guitar world doing it at that time. Um, and now I see a lot of different people yeah. uh, do it now, which is cool. I mean, but, but, that's that's totally fine. I wish I could trademark the note. You got the credit. I mean, anybody who's who's it, it shares um, you know this this world with us knows that. I mean, clearly seventy four thousand people do. So you're you're in good standing. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I'm gonna bring this home real quick. Thank you, Wait. dude, for uh, for sharing all that with us. Um, we are going to shift to our uh, segment of top four, um, and this uh, this week, sorry, this episode <laughs> uh, is favorite or most desired um, signature. So factory signature guitar. All right, so that means it's got to have somebody's name on it that isn't your own. That you didn't, you know, fake or something. I don't know. 
And uh, Scott, why don't we let you lead that off? Yeah, totally. So I, I should ask, do you want me to, to give you my top four signature Oh, no, just, just the I one. I didn't think so. Collectively, okay. it's the four. Yeah. That's what I thought, but when you just said that right then, I was just like, ugh, crap. I hope they, uh, <laughs> hope they don't Man, want all you that. guys. Uh, <laughs> that's a lot I have to say, and, and, and this is just what came to me, so it must be the right answer, but I, I can't say, I've never actually owned one. But, like, years ago, when Fender came out with the J-Mascus, like, the purple mm. Jazz Master, um, I wanted one of those things so freaking bad, um, and I never got one. That was, like, kind of at the beginning, like, when Jazz Masters were, like, were cool, but not that many people had them yet. You know, like, these days, everybody plays a Jag or a Jazz Master, so, yeah. like, I can't do it anymore. Off- uh, offset went gangbusters oh and for good reason they're awesome but i just would i wouldn't feel cool now you know i gotta be ahead of it um but yeah i'm gonna have to go with that one i played one in the shop one time for like an hour and it was amazing and maybe one of these days i need to buy one for myself but that was pretty cool what do you think of the uh the cream and with the gold anodized plate See, so now it's the cream, and that looks cool, but, like, the one I'm talking about was, like, a purple flake mm-hmm. um, with the gold plate, and, mm-hmm. and that, that sucker, um, yeah. that was a looker. I love the gold plate. It, that, it, I, when I saw one in the store, like, I, wa- I remember walking in the store. The first time I saw one, um, I walked into the store, and, like, I turned, I turned right, and that just screamed at me, and I walked right to it, and I picked it up, and I said, goodness sakes, this is nice. Oh, yeah. Those things are cool. And I mean, I should say part of why probably I never got one um, is like it's always seemed weird to me to have somebody else's signature guitar. Yeah. And I get I guess for the same reason that we were talking about earlier. Now, they're cool as heck. I'm not I'm glad they exist. I love yeah. like checking them out. But at the same time, I, I really do uh, not to get off topic. I would really like to check out one of those um saint vincent signatures yeah uh, those are making a, that's making a lot of uh, traction right now well yeah ernie ball's spending a lot of money on mm-hmm. it i'll tell you yeah. that um, everywhere i turn for uh, sort of a non-guitar heavy uh type band i mean i don't think I of them as a guitar band no well <laughs> i mean annie clark does cool stuff yeah but but i agree um the only thing that i will say that's been weird about the marketing to me is like uh it, it really feels to me like um, they're going after the, the female demographic, right? Because that hasn't really been targeted that mm-hmm. well by a lot of guitar companies. Um, but it really feels to me, the marketing, like a bunch of old guys being like, how do we go after the female demographic? And the reason <laughs> I say that is because all the crap that you read all over, it's always like designed for a woman's body. I'm like, <laughs> oh, you shut up (laughs) i I know what they mean like it's you know so that it doesn't get in the way of your chest there the way that i imagine guitars would but like you don't need to it's not a razor it's not like you don't need to do that it's really it just feels really icky to me yeah the way they're doing it but you know that that's i'm i obviously uh am biased here you know so i I should take it with a grain of salt yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's a that's a good one all right man what do you, uh, let's see, any meeny, miny, Jay? So I think, um, <laughs> you know, I normally I'm not, I'm not totally into <laughs> signature, <entries> are always <laughs> signature bases e- either, you know, like, yeah. I, you know, I'm kind of like, I just like whatever it is. And while I might worship some bases, and I'm a bass player too, by the way, um, while I might worship some, 
bassist. I'm not always like trying to get their guitar, but they're the uh, the the Ampeg, the the Dan Armstrong plexi bass has yeah, always kind of coveted. like you know. I've always been int- kind of interested in that, and and like part of it's like I'm like how can that, you know, and I've heard it played, and I'm like how can it sound good, you know, and I don't know why it's electric man because yeah because if you turn everything up, you know, how can plexiglass sound good is like the <laughs> well, question we're not ringing get in my head, but to wood tone discussion right now because yeah. that's a whole that's like five episodes. But yeah, the slide, you know, the novelty of the the, the pickup and everything—it's yeah. just always kind of cool, you know. Yeah, and and I think I've awesome. seen a lot of people play them. And yeah, the guitars are rad too. The yeah, yeah, are, yeah, yeah. <laughs> would, can, can, can I jump in really quickly? And I'm being terribly rude yeah. here. I'm no, sorry. do it. Uh, in. I sh- I hadn't even considered this um, because I, I play guitar primarily, but I also play bass. I should say, for some reason, the Fender Marcus Miller bass, uh, I would buy one of those in a second. Yeah. As much as I like, don't generally love like customs or like, signature model stuff, mm-hmm. those like have always been awesome to me. I would love one of those things. Any per- any particular reason? I don't know. It's just the – hold on. Let me – I got to – I feel like they have oh, a yeah. – The big guard's rad. Big yeah, guard it's got like up. all kinds yeah. of little like nuggets on it. There's little switches and – It uh, looks like a jalopy DIY yeah cool modded bass it does and i think that's what has appealed to me of it that's right yeah it's got all those knobs down there and yeah uh they just have always seemed super fly to me we're a fan of knobs yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyways especially and the nonsense knob board, you know which is always pretty cool and you don't see how many bases either yeah yeah that's that's a good pick man what are those so, so, sorry to make make like three picks today <laughs> no no hey it's okay this is what this is how this whole thing started, man. We just constantly talking about this yep. stuff. So it looks like you were asking how much they go for now, because I, I, I'm already looking at that yeah. up right now. Um, there's a couple at like 700 to 800, um, and it looks like, oh no, it's sold. Crap. There was one that was for like 475, oh. and I was just, I it was about to get sold to me. Uh, <laughs> somebody else got it before me. Oh well. Yeah. Cool, man. That's a good one too. Uh, it it and if in a weird way, if you're just looking at them, like it kind of reminds me of a Ramones guitar. You a know, little like bit, a mos- yeah. A mos- uh, There's mos- something right, unrefined but, about it, right? Yeah, and sort of off. I've always been intrigued by that bass as well. Yeah, um, your intrigue is showing right now. Why don't you share with us what your pick is? Uh, it's actually in the bass guitar uh, realm as well. <laughs> this is the just, bass show. <laughs> <laughs> calm, calm down now. It's okay. I got it. Don't worry. I'll bring it home at the end for the guitars. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I, I'm with Jay. It's like the whole signature thing hasn't always necessarily appealed to me, um, especially from a guitar standpoint. But uh, on the bass, that's a little bit different. I've always wanted to have a modulus flea bass. Mm. Um, Whoa. Whoa. It's like I dropped the bomb or well, something. I, yeah, I stopped you in your tracks with a Whoa. Yeah, I, I don't know. Flea, flea's awesome, right? Yeah. Okay. Are you asking? Yes. <laughs> yeah. No, he is. He yeah, definitely. Yeah, he's all right. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he does a thing or two about yeah, you should, you should, it. Yeah, I think. exactly. You should you should check him out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, the band's called Red Hot Chili Peppers. What, yeah. What are they? Um, oh, I'll have to so, check. I'll have to check them out. So the, so the modulus. I mean, there's a unique quality that I want you to hit on that. Are they from California? The Chili Peppers? I, I thought I heard they were from California. Uh, Somewhere. 
Uh, it might be in one of the songs, I, maybe. Yeah. Or maybe Sacramento. All of the all of the songs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, there's just you know I've obviously enjoyed Fleas playing throughout his career, but it's um, there's something so awesome about this tone that he gets out of his modulus um, that I, I can't describe. I, in my mind, it's like sticky. So there's like some kind of low mid range punch. That's kind of unique. Yeah, definitely. Um, you always hear it. Yeah. You hear right? it kind of defined. It's very well defined sounds. So. Yeah. It's like, I was a fan when he was using a stingray, you know, I, I thought he got good tones out of that, but, yeah, modulus flea. That's so. Are you going to address the, the neck at all? What about it? The carbon fiber. Yeah, I mean that's that's kind of why you're getting a modulus. Yeah. No, I mean quite honestly, this is the only signature instrument I would get because okay. of it. Just happens to have a good. Yeah. Okay. I, I wouldn't buy it because of that neck. All right. Well, maybe you should. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> <laughs> cool. Uh, any particular color? Is it? Does it only come in red? No, there's there's all kinds. All kinds of colors. Uh, and I'm not particular. Uh, although the royal blue kind of fleck one is it's kind of uh, delicious in my mind. Mm, interesting. Yeah, he's sort of a color fella. Yeah. Yeah. That flea. Um, okay, so I'm gonna bring the rock home right now because my. Uh, I guess desired signature guitar would be the Joan Jett signature melody maker from Gibson. Mm, nice. Um, it, it, I love the fact that it's, it's just, it's like a raw weapon, you know, it's, um, you know, single pickup, which I don't own any single pickup guitars. I think, a have got a barrier for myself with a single pickup guitar. Like I see, you know, like a, any guitars with single pickups. Like, I mean, Billy Gibbons got, I believe he plays a single pickup guitar. Um, and it's sort of like, it's like you're afraid. It's just, that's a lot of space with nothing in it. (laughs) I'm, I'm just used to, you know, pickups, more pickups. Um, but this particular one, um, is, is this like antique white. Um, and, uh, it's a real simple guitar, uh, but it just has such great attitude. Black pick guard. Again, it's got that kind of wobbly, you know, oversized pick guard. Um, it's got, uh, I, I love the double cutaway. I love when a double cutaway doesn't look like a metal guitar. <laughs> um, and uh, it's also got something cool that I've wanted to, I kind of put it on my Telecaster. I talked about this before with, the, with I mean, I've got the, the two on-off switches. Um if you put them both down, it's a kill, but she actually just said, no, I want a kill switch. She's got a kill switch on. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, cause it's just the one pickup. So right. you're not going to switch it to anything. Right. Just kill it. Um, and I like how, you know, aesthetically the, all the, the kill switch, the output jack and the tone and volume are, are arranged in that little corner, you know, just yep. nicely done. Yep. Um, and, you know, I think with any of these things, we say, yeah, I like that guitar, the way it looks and everything. But, like, like you look at that, and all, all I can hear is bad reputation just <laughs> blasting in my ears. I'm like, that's cool. So, 
I've, I've actually been looking around um, for like used uh, uh, used melody makers, um, the uh, the double cut ones. But uh, anyways, so there's my pick. That's a good choice. Yeah, that's an I excellent dig it. choice. She's cool, man. I actually uh, met her in the airport in L.A. She is like four foot nothing, yeah. teeny weeny thing. Hmm. This guitar um, is small. Small, yes. It's not that small. I mean, it's it's the the melody makers on par with like a, a junior. Les Paul Junior. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, so, anyhow, I dig it. Someday I'll have one. Maybe not the Joan Jett one, but you know, one of those. So, anyways, cool. All right, we're gonna wrap this up, dude. Scott. Scott. Thank, thank you, you so much. much. Thank Scott. you, man. guys. Thank you. It was a it was a pleasure. I I always love running my mouth for as long as I can. So. <laughs> well, you're in good company. Um, so make sure uh, make sure if you guys get a chance, um, you guys who are listening, check out uh, stringjoy.com. Check out Stringjoy and um, give give those strings a shot. I think you're gonna be really pleased. Um, and with that, man, we'll let you get back to your uh, invoices in Nashville. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good, boys. I've been I've been just chomping at the bit. Right. <laughs> well, that's it for these knobs. Please join us on Facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash guitar knobs to share your cool guitar stuff and thoughts on our episodes. We're on Twitter.com forward slash guitar underscore knobs and also on instagram at guitar knobs if you'd like to buy one of our guitar knob t-shirts come visit us at our website guitar knobs.podbean.com